face it, right? Currently, everything is about digital transformations, digital change. Everything. Don't say everything. Industry 4.0 on the show. Don't do it. I will ban you. I will ban you if it comes out of your mouth. Can I say Agile? <laughs> <laughs> Morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening to the folks over on the other side of the world. I am Jay Carroll. I am the host and only host of a quality podcast. If there was another guy you were expecting to see, you're not getting him today. <laughs> and we are banning. We, have, we are banning him. Yeah, we're discovery. already. He's banned. He's good. <laughs> you joined Baba Miliani, banned from the lean community. <laughs> no, he's out today on personal stuff, and uh, I'm texting him every five minutes, anyways. So. All positive. So who we have with us today, we are bringing back Mr. Albert Octavio. <laughs> Mr. Albert, why don't you start with giving us the last name correctly? Okay. So thank you, Jake, uh, for having me again. Uh, my last name is actually mentioned by Octavianus. But uh, if like, well, uh, Octo is okay. <laughs> Just call me Albert. It sounds <laughs> like eight, right? Albert eight. Yeah. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Albert eight. I like it. I like it. So, folks that didn't watch you the first time around on the show, mm. why don't you give us a little bit about who you are, what you do? Okay. Uh, well, currently, uh, what I do is actually I'm just changing job from the last time, from the last podcast. Uh, currently, I am the head of HR SSG. Uh, it's called the Human Resource uh, of the System Services and Governance in one of the uh, multinational insurance company because previously I was in the consulting industry and now I'm, I'm moving back into the corporate area. And you all can check out my LinkedIn profiles uh, for more details there. Well, my background comes, uh, well, actually this is, this is the thing that connected, connecting me to Jake and John in this podcast because my background uh, consists of the, the more into the industrial engineer quality management, but somehow along the way, I'm moving on into the HR, but still, still bringing my uh, industrial engineer backgrounds and quality management backgrounds into the HR part. So yeah, hopefully that will add value to this podcast also. <laughs> I like the dojo behind you today. Well, tell us a little bit about ah, that. Yeah, okay, cool. So I'm using this uh, background currently uh, because uh, this, uh, this sojo actually part of uh, one uh, my hobby as uh, Aikido car. So I did Aikido and then uh, it actually represents a uh, mental state, not only my martial art, but also mental state of being like, uh, you know, uh, the dojo mindset. So you always come into dojo with the mindset as a beginner. Mm -hmm. And then you always want to learn everything and improve yourself. So this is something that, uh, again, continuous improvements, uh, everything in, in everything that you do. Uh, so embarrassing secret about Jake. When I feel like I'm out of yeah. focus, I go and I watch Ip Man, IP Man on Netflix. I've watched that ah, movie a okay. thousand times. That is my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. And if I'm ever feeling just out of it, I watch it in the whole time. Still mind, I'm like... <laughs> Like I'm the one fighting people, I guess, but it does for whatever weird reason, put me in this focused state of, I'm going to go back to work uh, from the beginning, <laughs> from zero, right? Reset from yeah, zero. Yeah. I'm going to learn. I'm going to reobserve. I'm going to reapply what I can. And so well, yeah. Interesting that you're mentioning about it, man, right? Uh, because the, the, the martial art is called Wing Chun, right? And then when you say about focus, it's right on point because Wing Chun uh, evolves around the center, right? So everything you did, have to be on the center. So the movement, everything is, I think that's the one that brings your, uh, you know, uh, your mindset into the focus again, into the center. So yeah, I think that's the, that's the one thing that uh, you, you give your, your, your perspective, new perspective on the, that movie. <laughs> I, I, I love it for just, the thing with him is like humility is the center of the practice, right? 
Yeah. So it's like I'm not better than anybody. It's not a challenge to be better than everybody, which was completely opposite all of the old school martial artists of the time. That was like the claw way, the crane way, where they're all fighting each other to say, mine's the best kung fu. No, mine is the best kung fu. Like, the best didn't largely matter as long as I treated people with respect and I set yeah. out to wake up and act with discipline on improving my craft. And that's what speaks to me so much. Uh, agree on that. Uh, but when you're talking about kung fu and you start the claw, You have to more be more specific. Which claw is it? The eagle claw, the tiger claw, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's a hundred claws, right? <laughs> oh. So you mentioned in the yeah. notes to sign up on the show a fantastic topic I would love to get to, and that is change fatigue, which I don't yep. see a whole lot about of out in the world. I'll tell you, I've personally experienced it uh, with any length of time in any job I've ever had. Is my job is to bring about change, right? systematically, programmatically. So I'm at the center of it. So if anybody suffers change fatigue more than anyone, it's me. <laughs> and then uh, from job to job, I find myself doing a whole lot of the same thing over and over and over and over again with a simple, like short, I won't say short sighted, doesn't mean anything negative, but an inefficient mode of operating. And there's always a clearly defined efficient mode that's well known and out there in the world, but somehow that information didn't get to that site and here i am giving the same training to adjust the same behaviors to move in the same direction and quite frankly that just gets old so why don't you give us your thoughts on change fatigue what it is and then we can dive into how do we fight that okay so yeah uh you're on point on that jake i mean like uh change fatigue is something that is real but uh, too bad is the awareness of change fatigue It's not really something that being posted uh, frequently on LinkedIn. Uh, like I told you before that I posted learned a couple of years ago, but uh, that's it. Because uh, I don't think it's becoming, uh, have many uh, good uh, receptions and uh, good replies, everything else. So, uh, but this chess fatigue, why is it real? Because uh, as a, well, me coming as a chess management practitioner, right? This is something that uh, I experienced also maybe the same as you like running projects and running trainings and uh, everything that related to change initiative and then uh, how we're going to manage it uh, but it's actually happening not only for the practitioners but also uh, happening to the to the uh, you know the the objects yeah the people the that actually have to yeah, change the people. yeah i mean like uh, like we discussed previously i mean It's happening in all levels, in, in, in every role, in every kind of change initiative. And when I mention change initiative, it's actually uh, uh, even the small things, right? Because not only the major, uh, like the system changes or like uh, the whole process, the whole policies, everything changes. No, but only the small changes also. So uh, for me, change fatigue is mostly like when you get hit uh, or you experience changes either it's minor or major, but you experience it repetitively and in a very short uh, terms and uh, the frequency is overwhelming, then you will get hit by chance fatigue. And uh, no matter what are the triggers, no matter what kind of changes that you experience it. And then uh, there are several symptoms that uh, you, know, you might recognize, but uh, I mean, the, 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 unfortunately, sometimes you, can, you recognize it, after it happens, after you experience it. So that's the thing about chest fatigue. I was, I was just in a, mm. un, unrelated, but still somehow related. Uh, over mm. the weekend, I was just planning something romantic for the missus and I, and I rearranged the whole living room and I put in our tent. This is a tent we go camping with right in the middle of it. So I could put some, I even posted a, a, a shot about it. that had some flowers on oh, the ground okay. and some candles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as I put that together, <laughs> one thing I noticed was my dogs My two little chihuahuas were absolutely freaking out. And I'm thinking to myself, this doesn't affect them in any way. I'm not touching them, asking them to do anything different. But that small change in their environment did drastically impact them in a way. And it really got me thinking on this subject as well. Like, even though it had no impact, it didn't change their behaviors, the way they had to act, anything. The fact that I changed their environment in and of itself In act, invoke some sort of fatigue, some sort of stressor on them, right? And that's what we're doing as change practitioners in the world every single day. So one, like, how do we identify it? And two, what can we do differently to be cognizant of like change fatigue in the workplace? 
Yeah, okay. So uh, interesting points about your Chihuahua. I mean, like they're the most biggest dog ever. <laughs> they're great they've been half of my linkedin content over the years right like yeah. every like 10 or 12 posts i'll be like oh and here's my dog doing nothing today. <laughs> yeah, actually i love all kind of dogs i mean i love dogs uh so uh regardless it's chihuahua or pitbull right i mean like you mentioned much <laughs> chance fatigue yeah i mean uh your is it from your side from your perspective you didn't do anything mm-hmm. you didn't uh, change anything anything i mean this is your thing right with the, the 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 flowers everything of the plants but you never know that your chihuahua may be experiencing something several times in that day in the same day that you never know right and then when uh you're changing the environment a little bit it's like the the the, the tipping point for them mm-hmm. yeah, right it's the same right i mean uh for the our users or like the people experience change and the ones that actually bringing the change or leading the change of change agent or change practitioner or the users. So uh, the key is like the, the, the frequency of the change, right? So uh, if I can give an analogy, imagine that you're holding a spoon, right? A spoon. Mm-hmm. I don't have any spoon near me, but you can imagine a spoon or a fork or anything like, or a knife, but it's too dangerous for that. I was <laughs> so checking. I usually sp- always have a fork. <laughs> I'm never far from a fork, but I don't have one. Yeah. But please use the metal one, not the plastic ones, because it's fast food. <laughs> so the spoon, the metal spoon, imagine that. Uh, you try, if you try to bend the spoon, like one time, two times, might be hard, right? Uh, because uh, I know you're strong enough, Jake, but not for me, because I have to bend. <laughs> okay, stop in the flexing, man. I, I'm feeling like... <laughs> I'm feeling it for a year here. <laughs> so you, you try to bend a spoon, right? One time, two times. Sometimes it's quite hard. But like if you give your effort and then you repetitively bending the spoon up and down, up and down, at one point it will break, right? So we're talking like uh, like the engineering, we have like the, the, the material strength, right? Mm-hmm. The tensile and durability. It's the same. I mean, like, uh, sense fatigue, it can happen. Imagine that you're the spoon. Like, you're hit by these forces of change repetitively. And then uh, the forces might, uh, maybe it's like uh, weaker, but maybe stronger, but repetitively. Then at one point, you will break also. It's, so, it's beautiful that the yeah. engineering is so, like, it does apply. When Every time I think mm-hmm. through, like, a like a mental analogy or metaphor, it just, it's, it just applies. Like the universe is so great in that way that you can like have material tensile strength. And it is exactly a function of, of change yeah. management and fatigue associated. So how do you go about in your daily life identifying it? Okay. So uh, I have to separate between the, the, the daily life between the, my professional and the personal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in professional wise, uh, Sometimes it's a little bit easier in your workplace or in your personal life because uh, sometimes uh, you can recognize it after, not even before, because you're thinking like, okay, I think I'm doing these changes every day. Uh, sorry, I'm leading these changes, this change initiative every day. But uh, at one point, your users, uh, the people who are affected, impacted by the changes, might complain to you, right? So. That's like the, 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 the very first, uh, the early warnings, like the complaint, everything else, like the user said, that's the first one. The second one is actually, uh, maybe you can uh, use like the heat map schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, if the same user uh, have like several meetings about different projects uh, in one day, then your heat map will become red, right? It's like the dashboard of the, of the, of the schedule. So that might impact them. So I, like I told you, it's a little bit easier uh, in the professional settings because sometimes you have the tools, everything else. Mm-hmm. But you just might need to, to, to dig deeper on the tools. But in the, your personal life, sometimes it's harder because, uh, well, like your experience with your Chihuahua, right? You never experience. Uh, you, you, sometimes you don't have uh, somebody to tell you 
Yeah, you, you never to know you, right? exactly what's yeah. going through somebody's head, what they're <laughs> feeling, what their thoughts are. It could make total perfect sense to them, and it's alien to me. And, you know, I've actually seen that a lot at work, you know, where I see somebody's upset with X or Y. Of course, I don't know why. I just assume that, you know, their spouse and them got into an argument before they got here, because that's what happens in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't <laughs> honestly know as I walk in through the door where somebody's head is and what is the last straw. So, like... Yeah. signs are kind of hard to test for right like yeah i mean you, you, we're not mind readers right well maybe john but not us i think <laughs> the whole audience is getting some fatigue fatigue there's no john today <laughs> okay uh another analogy right i mean like this uh, something they experienced i mean uh maybe you heard about the, the about jakarta about indonesia i mean like uh one of our proudest moments is like when the, the tourists or like people outside of Jakarta, uh, outside of Asia, actually uh, telling us that, oh, I know about Jakarta, why? Because it's like the biggest parking space in the in Asia. I said, the biggest parking space? Yeah, I mean like, okay, uh, why? Yeah, because like when you drive there, I mean like uh, the car really move <laughs> because <laughs> the traffic jam is like, like, yeah, okay. Uh, it's almost uh, the point that uh, we measure we measure uh, our 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 uh, distance not by uh, miles of kilometers here, but we measure actually by time. So like no matter it's like uh, in in one kilos or two kilos, five kilos, fifty kilos. Sometimes you measure by time, because sometimes going in the five kilos, going into like the fifty kilometers, is actually the same, or like the five miles or 50 miles sometimes the time is the same so that's why but so it's like that's why it's biggest parking space right now why why and uh, the context of this because uh sometimes you have to make decisions in the split second on mm-hmm. which route that they're going to take i mean google map Oh, sorry, can I mention brand here? Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Google Maps. If you're if you're Apple Maps, get the hell out of here because this is a Google Maps conversation. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Apple. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so actually, using Google, I mean, it's good, right? But sometimes, because uh, as you know, uh, the 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 lag and then the the yeah, the signal is not uh, that strong everything else and then your wi-fi is like dropping down so there's a lag between decision making google maps like and when when the map say like turn right five meters in five minutes not five minutes in five meters turn right five meters and then it's only wait the turn also i already passed it so you have to make split second decision and imagine that you have to make that almost every day even every day you're commuting to work Because currently uh, the offices, uh, even okay before pandemic, but now uh, in offices are opening, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it in that split second, and imagine that you are repetitively doing that for every one hour, like several times, going back, going back from home, going to work, everything else. It can uh, impact it to your mental health, and it can. Become the trigger of change fatigue, right? Because mm-hmm. you did it effectively, it's change, right? It's minor change. Sometimes you don't realize it's change because you do it every day, but then like it happens. I mean, like just at what just one point, you just like stop and then stop in the car and then just wishing like, oh, I hope my office get explode or like burn down. <laughs> <laughs> Why do, you know as, as like nice and positive as the internet is everybody has had that thought literally everyone like, just asteroids that would be so much better than actually driving to work today <laughs> or like a dinosaur or godzilla <laughs> yes everybody's got a made-up grandma it's like she passed away i can't come in today i can't do it yeah sometimes yeah i mean uh you're not realizing but It's because you make you change your decision. You make the decision every day, and you experience this change in minor changes, micro changes. But it's every day, the frequency is adding up, adding up, and up. And then at one point, you just like break. So that's change the thing. One of the things in the, your personal life that might happen. 
I love it. Like every experience that goes through your head in a day is trying to like Aikido you into submission, right? <laughs> and and willpower is a finite resource, right? You can only yeah. fight so much before you bend, you break, you pop. So like what I've found, and I'd like to see like your strategy or tools, but when I enter a place, the first thing I do is one, not change anything. And then two, I have a detailed plan for a measured response to how I'm going to change things. We might change one thing a month. We might change one thing a quarter. And there's always a CEO, a board, a C-suite somewhere that says, well, I need these 50 things done. Well, stop. That stop. That does not work. By the time you get through those 50 things, there will be 50 more things. And all you're going to be doing is being a reactionary ping pong of let's do this project. Now this project. Now that project. Just change one, one thing for the quarter that affects the business positively. And you're far better off, right? Well, uh, okay. So I think what wherever you are in the world, there's always that kind of CEO. <laughs> the same thing for. Okay, so uh, that's a very good uh, example, Jake. I mean, uh, okay. So uh, one of the things that the strategy uh, to prevent chest fatigue or like to handle chest fatigue, actually, what you say is prioritization. Right, mm -hmm. you try to prioritize uh, which one that it's not as easy as it sounds because like everybody can say try to prioritize that, try to prioritize that. No, because and some like, some like, objects are yeah. shiny, right? Like, oh, yeah. I want to move to that. Yeah, and then like uh, people are saying like, hey, Albert, just do the low hanging fruit and then just do the quick wins. Like, okay, but how quick is the quick I mean every time different like how low is the fruit how low is low at the fruit <laughs> yeah specific to that analogy right no matter how low your fruit is once you grab it there will still be a lowest fruit on that tree <laughs> right no matter no matter how many times you do this until you're all out of fruit there will always still be a lowest so the analogy like really illustrates like stop <laughs> I mean at, you know, at one project, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a note, a mental note, like, if I hear another people saying, like, low-hanging fruit, I will take the foot, I will slap this foot into the space. Take this 30-second clip and make them watch it, right? Like, there's another low-hanging fruit. Always. This is how physics works. Yeah. So, anyway, but actually, that's, that's the thing, right? First of all, it's uh, prioritization. That's uh, supposed to be the one. And but the second part, besides that, to make it work, besides prioritizing, you have to have a milestone. Mm -hmm. Now, these are the things that people tend to forget when you are managing change or like in any kind of change initiative. Sometimes you don't have a milestone. I mean, like this is something like uh, uh, in change management, the father of change management, like John P. Cotter saying that. Why you have a milestone? Because you need to celebrate every little achievement that you achieve, right? But also after that, prioritization milestones, but in the end, you have to freeze the change first. Mm -hmm. So this is also something that people tend to forget because, okay, let's face it, right? Currently, everything is about digital transformations, digital change. Everything. Don't say everything. Industry 4.0 on this show. Don't do it. I will ban you. I will ban you if it comes out of your mouth. Can I say Agile? <laughs> <laughs> industry 3.9, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, web web 2.9 is okay. <laughs> Give me one spot. I don't know where how many jobs you've had in your career. Give me one spot that still doesn't use a an Excel spreadsheet. How are we industry 4.0 if everyone is still using an Excel spreadsheet to make all their decisions? Come on. Well, currently I'm leading a project, uh, like a, a small project in my team for the H analytics, right? And our first tools, you can guess it, right? Excel. Yes. Industry 4.0. And you know what? These tier one super solutions, you know what they do? They produce yeah. really good Excel documents. <laughs> when you click buttons. Come on, man. This is the oh, feature. Actually, it's true. It's 4.0, right? Because yeah. the Excel is actually in the cloud. 
so you can collaborate on that Excel documents in the cloud base. So it's actually for. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, Excel 4.0. Excel 4. Anyway, going back to just uh, yeah, I mean, uh, imagine that uh, people are talking about agility in digital information, right? So, like, uh, sometimes an, a corporate, a company, organization, are uh, like 10 years ago, five years ago, even they are creating a roadmap for five years roadmap, three years roadmap, but currently, when I was still in the consulting industry. They don't want that. They want like, okay, give me one year roadmap. It's like three months roadmap. Like, this is not a roadmap. This is like high, high highway. It's like speed highway. It's, like, yeah. it's not even roadmap. Give, give me a 30-minute roadmap to getting this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not happen, right? Because like, they have to like change like fastly with agility, flexibility, everything. Now, this is how the things that actually, why change static, uh, can become uh, more common today than like maybe five years ago and people didn't realize it. Because like, okay, you have initiative. Uh, first of all, there are several initiatives, like I said, 50, 50 change initiative. They have to be done parallelly, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you don't have that kind of capability, that resource, uh, any kind of resource, you know, like human uh, resources, time, money, material resources, even mental resources, you will experience it. That's why you have to prioritize. But second, uh, you have to also acknowledge the milestones, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, most of all, the most important thing is like, you have to freeze the change. You have to freeze the change at least at some point. Uh, you have to freeze the change first, and then you have to take step back and take a look again. Okay, am I, uh, the world is changing again. My competitor is changing again. Mm -hmm. Do I want to unfreeze this change? Or like I make another change? So this is something that uh, sometimes it's forgotten. Like, and then I, I can feel it that way because uh, currently I'm, uh, there's a uh, governance in my role title, right? Mm -hmm. So governance, governance can, uh, it's like after like, okay, in process improvement, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes even people doesn't, doesn't realize that it's actually not improvement, it's actually uh, re-engineering. So the, the, yeah. the, the, the leap is quantum leap. I mean like, after, after it happens, the impact have a massive impact. Then they say, oh, okay, that's not improvement. That's actually re-engineering. Yeah, where have you been, man? I mean, like, <laughs> I'm talking about, after it happened, after the impact, it's like, and then sometimes the impact, uh, you know, uh, the process uh, re-engineering, it changes your policies, right? Your policies until the core, the policies. And then you have to take out the policies, you have to scrap the policies, you have to create new policies, right? And then, but after the policies have been recreated, being designed, redesigned of the policies as impacted, affected by the uh, process engineering, you have to freeze their policies. That's, that's what the policies and governance are for. You have to freeze the changes. You take a step back and then look, and then you try to implement it, like at least three months or six months, and saying that, okay, is it working? But sometimes after, even not three months, after one month, and then user are complaining, and they are saying that, oh, it's not working. Your new process is not working. Your system is not working. And then people are being anxious, you know, the mm -hmm. project manager, the leaders being anxious. Hey, wait a minute. Our users are like screaming and then complaining. So they are being anxious and then being like, uh, you know, uh, because maybe they have like, uh, you know, have to, to, to save the project, everything else. And then they just change everything again. Sometimes it's like less than one month, less than three months. So mm -hmm. it's right, like, it's final. Like I hate that. What they call projects after they reviewed them and they're done. They have a term for that here. That's kind of uh, illuminating, and they call that a postmortem. <laughs> they go back and look at what something is, but literally <laughs> that means after it's dead. You know. <laughs> uh, I know. I mean, like <laughs> postmortem. Yeah. Uh, like so, we really need a time we can. We have to have a standard and it be standardized and well understood, like you coined it frozen before we do anything else. And people have this, I don't know if it's like a, a, a fear of security or it's a lack of confidence, but even if you do the project completely right, they'll get all the way to that finish line, just like you said, and then they'll want to change something. They'll get all the way to the end. Like, no, we'll do this instead. Stop it. You know, I've experienced just... that at every project I've ever touched, period, full stop. 
it's heaven. I mean, like that's why. Uh, regardless, your well, I have to make a note or like I have to emphasize on that postmortem part. Yes, it's already dead. So why? <laughs> yes, let's <laughs> analyze what didn't happen after it's already dead. Like our language is so <laughs> hilarious that way, right? Like we literally are. <laughs> it's just, it's just good. Oh, and if you didn't know, Albert, since we're just throwing yeah. out brands, today's yeah. is unofficially sponsored by Red Bull. Red Bull, if you don't reach out, I'll tell the world what a piece of shit this drink is. Okay. <laughs> and if you do reach out, mm, delicious. Okay, mm. cool. Hopefully. <laughs> My Red Bull deal. I'm going to get rich. It's coming. Well, uh, uh, I was told that you, if you drink like a maximum, uh, sorry, minimum 10 cans of Red Bull in one hour, you can see rainbows in everywhere. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because you look very shiny today. Okay. Thank you. This <laughs> is the filter. The filter we'll, get you some, we'll get you some rainbows <laughs> back here. I don't know which, which mode uh, is a rainbow. So that's the stick you... <laughs> I was thinking, like, what are those sticks for? I'm like, <laughs> just to, like, so you can enjoy the content but not look at my face the whole time, right? You could just yeah. appreciate something else in the background. <laughs> oh, because I, I was thinking, like, uh, you want to hypnotize me or something. With this. I'm doing that change, <laughs> fatigue, <laughs> change, fatigue, change. <laughs> They're trying to make all the audience members not want to click away, right? They're too fatigued. <laughs> They just have to sit in their current, suck through an hour of this. <laughs> like we're sucking their souls through this. Uh-huh. <laughs> a quality podcast. A quality podcast. Go with Jake. Go with Jake. So, John's going to be so upset he missed this. One. <laughs> John, wherever you are in the world, we miss you. I'll pour one out for yeah. my homies who can't be here tonight. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, back to the postmortem, right, right? I mean, I was thinking, well, actually, uh, I'm also uh, maybe a little bit guilty to using that term many times mm-hmm. when I was thinking of something worse. But, and then uh, at one point, Chase Fatik comes in and I think, why postmortem? What happened to lesson learned? <laughs> you don't get to learn and actually change anything if it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> What happened to lesson learned? Why we use postmortem on like, yeah. anyway? Yeah, they said that. Yeah, but that's the thing, Jake. I mean, like uh, uh, in terms of like uh, doing change initiative, right? You got you have uh, the triggers, and then uh, when it started, uh, you have to prioritize it, right? And then when it's happening in the process or the uh, change, every trend of change initiative, then you have to make a milestones there and then celebrate every little milestones there. Uh, and then after that, again, not postmortem, mm-hmm. but freeze it and then take a step back and then uh, uh, go through with, uh, even though your 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 uh, give like, you know, uh, how do you say, a uh, grace period or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, like three months or maybe if like a big project, make it six months, but put it in your project plan. Like just like make sure your change management or project managers are uh, secure enough, right? Confident enough to say that, okay, let's have a three months uh, freeze period and then let's see what happens with our initiative. What are the impacts? Is it really happening or not? And if not, then you might improve again, but try not to do the whole reengineering thing. Improve, right? Enhance, improve. It's the it's the demaic yeah. cycle applied to people's mentality. Like there's a C there, right? You have to have a period after your project. You're actually controlling what those outcomes yeah. are. Yeah, agree. So the C part, right? The controlling part. <clears throat> sometimes it's like, what happens? And I told you, people are become anxious, right? Because they are okay. Con- the controlling part. Are they trying to control everything else? Uh, everything or like because something you can actually can control you can influence that it's good right you can manage that but if it's happening outside your circle of control your circle of influence then it's your circle of concern i think it's like Stephen coffee was saying that your circle of influence and circle of concern right 
it's your know, circle of influence, then you can control it. You can mm -hmm. uh, influence them. But it's like in your circle of concern, nothing you can do about it. One thing that you can do about it is like, uh, uh, how are you going to reacting to their circle of concern? I mean, like you can control like, okay, this is like uh, something uh, that I can, if I can share, like a project implementing implementing the ERP, the SAP, mm -hmm. right? So uh, at this project, uh, after we, uh, we implement it like uh, and go live for like I mean, several months, then people are resigning. It's like, okay, and everybody, even the top leaders, top management, directly saying that, oh, it's because that this project is a failure. Like people are resigning because they don't want to use a system or anything else. But mm -hmm. luckily, luckily, we already did several kind of post survey with the employees, right? You avoided post-mortem there. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> post survey, right? It's before and after. Wait, I, I, the after part is not post-mortem, <laughs> but we're talking about the post survey, right? And then in that surface, we actually find out that these employees uh, the one, the user that impacted by the, system, the new system, actually experiencing not only one big changes, but they experiencing like three major changes. So the first one is the ERP implementation itself. The second one is that they are going through like this balance scorecard kind of things project, mm -hmm. right? And the third part is actually they are moving locations for their offices. And after our full survey, it's actually the third part is the main reason why people are resigning. So like we have the proof here, we have the data here. People are resigning not because of the projects, but first because, okay, in change management, people can experience maximum two major changes at the same time before they experience change fatigue and burnout, right? Or because of the break. And here they are experiencing three major changes because the locations is quite far. It's like in different, different postcodes, <laughs> the offices. So like people are deciding not because of the projects, because they have to move the offices. And people already like the one that working five years, 10 years more, and they already built their life around that company. You know, they're moving their family and they're, they're renting their houses near that office, the old office. Now they have to move. Mm -hmm. And then, they, so that's the thing. You never realize what's happening. You never know what a user experiencing every day, frequently, right? So that's why you have sometimes you have to step back and take a look and then re reassess again. So that's that one story that I can share. I, I, <laughs> I love it. I'll tell you specific to ERP, not that this is an ERP conversation. That yeah. has consistently been a recurring theme in my life is I get involved with a place that we just started this new system and it sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> it doesn't solve the need of whatever's happening. Different players have different problems in different silos of the organization. Um, it's used as not a primary stressor, but generally, like you said, a secondary or a tertiary stressor for other issues they've had for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like it illuminates, oh, I always hated that HR department. Or <laughs> accounting has always sucked and got that wrong. And now that stress is brought to life by the ERP, right? And it's not necessarily that the ERP is doing anything wrong. It's that it wasn't aligned Ooh. specifically to how they used to do business. And that could be for good or bad reasons, right? And uh, it's usually a holistic approach. But that's why so many people say ERP implementations fail, people suck, uh, industry 4.0 all the way. But <laughs> I don't know why I did that sign. Take from that what you will. Industry 4.0. <laughs> okay. I better use this sign, right? 4.0. <laughs> Industry 4.0, baby. <laughs> don't even know what it's supposed to be. Interpret that as you will. Yeah. Albert, any yeah. closing thoughts you would like to leave the world today for how they can fight change fatigue? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh the way that you do project or initiative, you already share, right? Prioritize and then uh, check your milestones, you create a milestone for that, and then freeze the change first and then uh, assess the impact, right? But I want to talk also to share about how individually, right? Uh, so 
people are talking about resilience, right? But I just want to add, I mean, like, uh, to handle chest fatigue, not only resilience, but you also need to have persistence. So these both work together. Resilience is something that uh, you so every time you fall, you fall, you fail, you can bounce back again uh, stronger than ever. That's resilience, right? But uh, persistence, it's what keeps you going. Mm-hmm. It's what keeps you like, okay, I bounce back, uh, like I fall, I fail seven times, bounce back eight times. But what keeps you going? That's persistence. So you need to harness these two and how you have to have resilience and persistence is like uh, by having your, 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 your target. Uh, is, it, is it even, it's like a small target? I mean, our long, long-term target. If you, even if you think like, oh, I'm going to take it one day, one step at a time, one day at a time, it's good. Just keep going, right? But if you have a long target, that's also good. I mean, like I have to achieve that. I have to uh, uh, become resilient. I have to pers- uh, you know, uh, persistent enough to go to achieve the target. So I think this kind of mental things that you, uh, you can build and then you can train. So uh, chest fatigue didn't, uh, you know, didn't knock you out of the game. Something, I've, I'm gonna mention the band man that shall not be named John Thacker. Something he's instilled in me during our yeah. time together that I absolutely love is he'll say, uh, yeah. motivation is a good soldier, but, yeah. but, but discipline is the king. That's the thing. Discipline is with your mm-hmm. persistence, and then discipline is there. You know, that's one type of persistence. And then that's why my change management. I like the Wing Chun approach, right? I'm always yes. centered and deliberate. I act with discipline each and every day to do whatever it is. And yeah. you have to play just as much offense as you do defense, which is something that like makes ah. Wing Chun cool to me. Is because that's exactly how it operates. Nice, right? nice, nice. Yeah. I could geek out about that whole movie in an hour, a whole other time. Like we could just, it could just do movie clips with Albert and Jake. And we, (laughs) I I do, I, I I love it so much, but I always relate it back to work. And you know what? I also love every time we connect, which has been a long time in between them, but that we're on opposite ends of the world and opposite industries going through the exact same thing with people, the exact same thing, not modified. (laughs) Here's the Indonesian way of doing it. No, it's the exact same. (laughs) Humans are the same. We all suck. And whatever we can do to like get better and move that ball forward is what we're here to share with the audience in the world. So thank you very much, Albert, for your time today. Of course. Of course, Jake, anytime. (laughs) <laughs> and just to end it a little better than John does, I'm going to dance and insert some music in here. Apple Maps. <laughs>